The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the web. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's a local attorney and certified information privacy professional. She's the author of several books, including Safeguard Your Identity, From Victim to Victor, and The Complete Idiot's Guide to Recovering from Identity Theft. She's testified many times in Congress and the California Legislature on privacy and identity theft issues. And you may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, ABC, O'Reilly Factor, and many other shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org slash Privacy Piracy. Hey, Mari, what's our show about today? Well, today our show is about divorce, and it's about... I mean, there's nothing more private than the issues that you go through with divorce, about custody battles, about your family issues. I mean, that is really private information. And today we are so thrilled because we are going to be interviewing a wonderful judge from beautiful Toronto, Canada. His name is Justice Harvey Brownstone, and I want to tell you about him. He is just a delight and a media personality himself. Justice Harvey Brownstone became a lawyer in 1983, and he began his career as a legal aid lawyer, always have his heart on his sleeve there. In 1989, he joined the Ontario Minister of the Attorney General as lawyer enforcing child support orders, and he became the director of the Support Enforcement Program back in 1991. And then he was appointed as a judge in Ontario, Canada in 1995, and he presides at the North Toronto Family Court. And he is the first Canadian sitting family court judge to write a book that speaks directly to the public. And I have this book right in front of me. It is fantastic. And many of you know, I do a lot of family law mediation, and I am recommending this book to my clients. It's called Tug of War, a judge's verdict on separation, custody battles, and the bitter realities of family court. Now, this is something that happens not only in the United States, but in Toronto. And I mean, anytime you have a marriage with children, especially, and you end that marriage, actually any marriage, there is that failed expectation, the hurt, the anger, the failed expectations, the the pain that everyone goes through. So he talks about why you don't want to go to court, and he talks about what you need to be doing. It's a fantastic book for people going through a divorce or contemplating divorce. And you know, at least in California, one out of two marriages end in divorce. If you're listening to this with a friend, one or two of you will probably end up going through this issue. Justice Brownson has really been thrown into the media spotlight. And because he's one of the few judges willing to even do media interviews and public speaking engagements, He's become the most famous judge in Canada, but the face and voice of Canada's family justice system is really important for him to show. Tug of War has been critically acclaimed throughout all of North America, and the royalties from the sale of the book are being directed to the Children's Wish Foundation. How wonderful is that? And more excitingly, you can watch him on TV. Justice Brownstone is also the only real sitting judge in the world to host his own 
online talk show called Family Matters, which can be seen at familymatterstv.com. The show features a number of prominent guests in the fields of law, social work, mental health, and education, with a view really on educating the public. So make sure that you go and look at that at familymatterstv.com. Without further ado, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. You are just really wonderful, Your Honor. Well, thank you, Mari, for inviting me on your show. I I, I appreciate the uh, opportunity to speak with you. So tell me first, you know, how is it that you had the time and had the motivation to write Tug of War? Well, I've been a judge now 16 years, and I have to say for about the first 10 years, it kept hitting home to me that the people that most needed to hear our message were not getting the message uh, that judges have to give them until they're actually in front of us. You know, we don't meet people until they're actually in the courtroom, all geared up, ready for the battle of their lives. And frankly, by then, it's just too late. And so for the first 10 years, I kept thinking, you know, if I could have reached these people before they launched themselves into these potentially catastrophic, high-conflict lawsuits over their children and their money, I might have been able to prevent all of the emotional carnage that happens in family court. And that got me thinking, you know, I should write a book. Because the only way, as you know, being a lawyer yourself, the only way that people can hear from a judge is either to go to court or maybe to read our judgments. Right. But there just is no access to judges. And, you know, the most famous judge in in, in North America is Judge Judy, and she's not a real judge anymore. She used to be a family court judge. And she was a very good one, but uh, a lot of people think that court is, is just like Judge Judy on TV. They don't seem to realize that Judge Judy is a TV show, and it's not a reflection of what really goes on. And, and uh, it troubled me so badly that people just didn't get the information they needed about what family court is and isn't, and what the alternatives are to litigation and and uh, and how how very very damaging court can be i mean family court is bad for families litigation is bad for children and yet people never find this out until they actually get to court themselves so i wrote tug of war frankly i i thought um that lawyers would buy it out of curiosity to see what's this judge writing about and that if they agreed with it they would get their clients to read it but much to my shock the book uh, became a national bestseller within 6 weeks and it spent 13 weeks on the national bestseller list. It's now in fifth printing. Um, and I can see that there must have been a real need and a hunger out there for this kind of information. So I was very glad, you know, from a real judge. Right. And you know what else I really like about this book is you write it in a way that people can understand it. It's not legalese. It's really telling it like it is and why you don't want to go to court and what, what are some of the consequences and what are some of the ramifications of what you're doing? So I think that's why it's so wonderful is that people can really relate to it. It isn't, you know, like a scholarly type, um, and not not that it isn't brilliant, but that it's not written such legalese that people can't, can't understand it. So I honor you for that as well. Well, I'm very grateful, Mari, to hear you say that because that was my goal. You know, uh, 70% of all litigants in family courts in North America, in most centers in North America, are unrepresented. Yeah, they can't afford the attorneys. They can't afford lawyers, or they think they don't need lawyers, because let's face it, nobody has a lawyer on Judge Judy. 
Right. You know, and uh, every day I get people telling me in court, you know, why can't I just, why do I need to pay somebody to tell my story? It's my life. It's my story. Why can't I just tell you my story and then you make a decision just like happens on TV? And so I wrote the book using very plain language. It, it, It was designed for anyone to be able to understand what exactly is expected of you if you're going to go to court. Why is it that I think that family court is so damaging to parents and their children? When is it that I think you should have to go to court? Because there are some cases where you really have to go. Exactly. And what are the alternatives that might be better, such as mediation and collaborative law? So, yes, I'm I'm very grateful to you for finding that the book is in plain, simple language. That was absolutely my goal. Yes, and I think that's why it's it's really so well accepted. And I think... People need to know that you also do recommend when they should get a lawyer and when they should look at alternative dispute resolution. Well, I, I think they should get a lawyer always. Yes, I, yes. I, my, my, per, my personal uh, magic formula, if I could invent uh, the ideal court, would be that everybody gets counseling. Yes. Because I think counseling to deal with the pain and the anger and the sense of betrayal and all the grief... Yes. that you go through at the end of a relationship, I think that that is absolutely essential before you can move on to reinvent yourself from an ex-partner to a co-parent. Right. But legal advice is equally important because you have to know what your rights and your obligations are. So I, 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 when I say that 70% of people come to court without lawyers, I'm not saying it in a good way. <laughs> right. No, 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 no. Of course not. But, you know, especially with the economy the way it is and, and the cost of of attorneys right now it is um for some people they just can't do it if they've lost their house you know all they've got is their kids their apartment their and they're just hanging on to their job you know a lot of people can't afford this is why one of the reasons that you know mediation is good because the parties can share and and you know not fight all the time and and escalate the the arguments they'll just you know they work on problem solving instead. But still, I mean, it, it is hard. It is hard for them to hire a lawyer. And, you know, at least in our country, you can't really get the a, a free lawyer. You no, know? and that's true pretty much everywhere. And, you know, even in, even if the economy weren't bad, very few people have three or $400 an hour each right. to shell out for a lawyer when they're separating. But uh, I say to people, you know, you should at least have a consultation with a lawyer to yes. find out what your rights and your obligations are. And as you know, being a mediator yourself, uh, no one should sign an agreement uh, until they've had independent legal advice to make sure that the agreement is enforceable and that right. it's fair. Yes. And, you know, but, but mediation, the wonderful thing about it is not just that it's cheaper. I find that mediators do a wonderful job of helping parents main, uh, empower themselves to not just turn the decision over to a total stranger who doesn't right. know them and who doesn't know their children, right. who has very little time to ever get to know them. You know, why would anyone want to, want to give that much power over uh, such, uh, to a total stranger uh, over such an important question as how your children are going to be raised? Right. And they're not going to get a chance to really tell their whole story anyway. You know, at least in mediation, they can really express themselves, you know, in a quiet, private setting. It isn't, you know, there's no court reporter there. There's confidentiality. There's privacy. So, yeah, I mean, it's a whole different story. They can really problem solve and work things out. And unfortunately, the the litigation mode is, you know, you're arguing. 
you know, whereas well, in, in problem solving is different. You no, know, I mean, and that's, that is so true uh, that the mediator helps parents problem solve in a private way. Parents are allowed to vent and, and uh, learn how to uh, compromise. Whereas in, in court, you know, I mean, and believe me, I'm not trying to put the family courts out of business because no, as you I have said, plenty you know, of work. In fact, <laughs> there's a whole chapter in the book that does explain to people when you do have to go to court. But for the vast majority of people, they do not need to be litigating. And what people don't realize about the court system is that it's very, very adversarial. Yes. There's a real win-lose mentality. Right. And most people define winning as vengeance. Yes. And they quickly learn when they get to family court, especially when they're dealing with their children, that the courts are not interested in dissecting the relationship and figuring out who was the real victim and who, you know, why the parties broke up. Um, we're looking forward. We're, we're moving beyond that. We're looking at creating a parenting plan for children that will give them two parents, two parents in two different homes. And parents... Uh, need, uh, parents need to make peace much more than they need to be right yes. for the sake of their kids. In fact, I tell parents every day in my court, you've got to love your kids more than you hate each other. Exactly. Because if you do, you will force yourself to reach a compromise with someone that you may feel is, uh, you know, that, that you hate. And, but in court, this win-lose mentality, this adversarial system, uh, really aggravates the situation, and I have to tell you, I'm, one of the most frustrating things about being a judge is that I know that most of the couples that appear in court are bigger enemies of each other at the end of the case than they were at the beginning. Yes, because so I didn't yeah. make things better for them or for their their ability to communicate with each other for the next twenty years as these kids get raised. I made it worse. And well, you didn't make it worse, but the arguments between them made it worse. Obviously, sure. yeah, you know, I mean, obviously, you didn't make it worse. You're just trying to make a good decision, but it's hard because you don't have all of the facts, and you never have the time for all of the facts. You well, never... and you've just raised a really important point. When you say we don't have all of the facts, one of the biggest flaws in the whole system is that we de- we judges depend on the parents to provide us with evidence. We make decisions on the basis of evidence, and most parents who don't have lawyers don't understand that you can't just come to court and accuse the other parent of, you know, being a drug addict or violent or or working under the table and making a whole lot of undisclosed income or whatever it is you want to accuse them of. You have to prove it. Yes. You have to prove. What actually happened is not relevant. What you can prove happened is relevant, and so uh, we don't get... You know, we don't have people that go out and do home studies in every single case to tell us what's really going on. Right. And not every state has the luxury of appointing a lawyer for every child who can perhaps do some investigating and give the court some independent, objective, reliable evidence. And so what we often get, you know, you would think uh, that if I was going to have to make a decision about custody, you know, where is, who's go- where is this child going to live? You would think that the parents would be telling the judge, how are the children doing in school? How's their health? What was the parenting regime before the breakup? Do the children have any special needs? And instead, we hear about infidelities, right. and we hear about bad cooking and interfering <laughs> mother-in-laws and all of that. 
And do you get emails? Uh, I mean, do you get them presenting emails and social networking websites in front of you, too? You got it, baby. (laughs) And, you know, the thing is, none of that. I mean, it's, it's very important to the parents because they are telling the judge how the how the other parent failed to meet their needs. Right. When wh- what I need to know is how are we going to meet the children's needs? And so Tug of War, my book, was really uh, a, a, an effort to say something to the public. I, it bothered me terribly that judges don't speak out. You yes. know, we have a lot of information and a lot of insights that we can share with the public. You know, we can't talk about individual cases. We can't talk about political issues. Right. You know, we can't... Uh, there's a lot of things we can't talk about, but we certainly can share a lot of insights about the justice system and about the law. And, and the we do tr- it every day in our courtrooms. And the trends that you see. Because, Absolutely. Yes. And so that's why I felt that uh, it was time. It's time. There's something wrong with a society where the most famous judge is Judge Judy, a person who isn't a judge at all. Yes. Anymore. Right. And who can, and I'm, don't get me wrong, I love her. I love her show. I think she's got tremendous common sense. But the public should not think that that's how the court system works. And I think that we judges have an obligation to be not just adjudicators in the courtroom, but public educators. Exactly. No, I think I really applaud you for this. We are speaking with a wonderful judge from. Our northern, uh, from right north of Chicago and Toronto, Canada, gorgeous area, Justice Harvey Brownstone, and he is a wonderful judge in the Family Law Court, in the North Toronto Family Law Court. He not only is the author of this great book that I have sitting in my hand that I'm recommending to all my clients who have children especially, it's called Tug of War, A Judge's Verdict on Separation, Custody Battles, and the Bitter Realities of Family Court. But he also has an online talk show. It's a TV show called Family Matters. And you can go anywhere in the world and go to FamilyMattersTV.com. And you can see his show that really brings out all the important issues about uh, family law. And it includes social work, mental health, education, just trying to enlighten and educate the public on a variety of topics dealing with families. And I, I really just think this is terrific. I'll tell you, when you when you leave the bench, are you going to be our top-notch mediator? Or are you planning on doing that? Well, it's funny you should ask that, Mari. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, you, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle of a bit of a whirlwind. I wrote the book. Uh, it got a, a huge amount of media attention in Canada. Um, and then uh, I don't know how it happened, but it started to get very... It, it has started to become very, very big in the United States. And um, so I was approached by a production company to do this online TV show. And that show has gone viral now. We're getting well over 50,000 people a day watching it. And so now when that starts to happen, then you get the TV networks come snooping around saying, hey, <laughs> maybe this guy, um, you know, maybe the world is ready for a different kind of TV judge. Because yeah. the TV judges that currently exist, as you know, they're doing adjudication. Right. They, you know, they, they're basically um, uh, resolving people's disputes. What I try to do is give parents and families information about relationships, about the, the law, the justice system, and about the well-being of kids. And there's a lot of experts out there, you know, yes. that don't go on TV. 
uh, and there's a lot going on in people's families that we deal with in the family court system, and you lawyers deal with, and mental health professionals deal with it, but they're not being discussed. For example, uh, there are huge issues out there with sexual addictions, with yes. gambling addictions, with uh, internet dating has become a major issue in terms of immigration fraud. Yes. People yes. that prey on other people uh, as a way to get into the country. You know, the, the world is changing and yes. relationships, the way they are being composed and decomposed yes. is changing. You know, I mean, when I was much younger, there were basically two categories of couples that I would see in family law, family court. There were married couples, and then there were couples that just lived together but right. never got married. Right. Now we have a third category of people who never lived together at all. They just had casual, intimate relationships that produced children. Yes. And because of the Internet, you know, because the inventory of people in your inbox is so huge and so endless, that we are, we are seeing people uh, who have very brief, casual relationships uh, over and over and over and over again, and many of them produce kids. And like I said, in some cases, uh, they are preyed upon by people that are desperate to get into the United States or into Canada. Mm, yeah. uh, you know, it's very easy to create a whole backstory for yourself, a whole persona yes. for yourself on the Internet, that may or may not be true. It's like it's like that commercial, that uh, cartoon that was in the New Yorker magazine, where these two dogs are sitting in front of a computer, and one dog says to the other one, "No one knows you're a dog when you're on the computer." <laughs> when well, you're on sure. The internet. I mean, let's face it. I could take my face and right. put it on Brad Pitt's body and put that out there and make people right. think that that's what I look like. Right. And we constantly see couples in our court. Uh, who have who 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 didn't even really know each other at all? Oh, and then you know, they, have they kids. lie about about. Oh. Uh, and I realize that there are lots of happy relationships that were formed on the net. What right. I'm just saying to you is that there is a dark side to it. Yes. And of course, as a judge, that's what I see. And you know, we regularly see uh, lonely people who want to be in love, convincing themselves that they've fallen in love with somebody online, someone they've never met in person. Maybe they've seen them on Skype or something, but not right. in person. Right. And uh, it turns out that the person doesn't have the education or the money or the family background that they thought that they said they had. We see people that are actually bankrupt and have criminal records. Some of them actually have children from other relationships. Some of them are even still married. Oh. And uh, I never used to see this before. And it, it, this is happening in huge numbers um, over the last, I would say, five, six years, so much so that I really do think that it's completely changing the entire fabric of what a family is and what a relationship is and what does a commitment really mean. Mm -hmm. And so my show um, is, is, uh, is going to deal with all of that, you know, and get people on to talk about the ways that you can protect yourself. And, and I'm fascinated by you because you're very into privacy, and, and, yeah, and, you know, privacy is part of the whole idea of mediation. That's why people don't want to air their dirty laundry in but the I court. But I have this feeling <laughs> that the next big industry is going to be private investigators. Because if you do meet somebody on the net, yes, and you, don't, and you really want to find out who the heck is this person, are they who they say they are, mm -hmm. I can see a whole industry of investigators coming up 
where you would pay someone to do, you know, a criminal record check, a yes. credit check, uh, find out if they owe child support arrears to somebody else. You Are do... they an undischarged bankrupt? Do they owe tax money? You can see how the privacy rights of individual people are going to intersect yes. with the, um, the curiosity of somebody they're dating who wants to find out if this person is really who they say they are. Exactly. You know, I have to laugh about that because um, I'm on the advisory board of the Privacy Rights Clearinghouse. So if you're listening, it's privacyrights.org. And they protect privacy rights. But at the other hand, they also suggest that you do some kind of background check. For example, if you bring someone into your home to take care of elderly parents or nannies, or if you're really meeting somebody online and you want to know if the person you're meeting online is a criminal or a sex offender or whatever they are, You know, you can go online. You don't even have to hire a private detective. If you just type in background check, uh, background checks on the Internet, you will see literally hundreds of thousands of sites that you can. Some of them are fraudulent, but some of them are really out there. And you can you can find out things about anybody on the Internet. You don't even have to hire a a private detective. But I think you're right. I think we're we're in society is changing so much. And I'm sure you see things like we have here, you know, same-sex marriage. Those are different challenges with divorce or or if there is a surrogate parent and then people are fighting over who's the real parent. These are the kinds of things that it's it's got to be a real challenge to be a family law judge right now. Well, I've got to say, it's a very different world than it was when I started out. And, uh, you know, Canada has had same-sex marriage for seven years. Yes. So we're, and, and as you pointed out, surrogate parenting, there are a lot of interesting legal Legal issues that come up over that. Right. And we are, uh, I guess the thing that gets me frustrated is that I don't think the public, uh, you know, none of the existing media, mainstream media outlets ever talk about these things. And yet, this is happening in people's lives. You know, they make a big deal about Tiger Woods. Frankly, I see Tiger Woods in my court every day. Yes. He may not be rich or famous, uh, but the whole issue of people. Um, you know, having multiple relationships, um, people having various addictions um, is huge. You know, look yes. at gambling addictions. I mean, now you can gamble away your life online from home. Yes. yes. And if you have an addictive personality, this is very, very tempting. It's very difficult. And people that get addicted to online porn, they're not supervising their kids correctly. We're getting mm-hmm. child protective services being called by schools because children are watching these things over their parents' shoulders, and then they say something at school to a teacher, and then the child ends up in a foster home. I never used to see that before. Right. And you know who really gets hurt the most is the children, the innocent children. Well, I think there's a lot of stresses. Uh, I mean, the internet is a wonderful thing, and and, uh, I mean, part of your audience benefits from the show being on the internet, and certainly my show as well. I mean, the internet is great, but uh, you know, for people that are that that have addictive personalities, there are huge problems out there in relationships, and it's really it, it can cause huge problems. I had a couple today in my court that where uh, one party didn't realize that none of the bills have been paid for eight months. Oh my goodness! Because <laughs> all of the pay was going into a joint account. One spouse trusted the other to pay all the bills. Well, that spouse developed a gambling addiction, and uh, the electricity got turned off, and then the uh, house is being foreclosed. And Mm -hmm. this is not uncommon. This happens a lot. 
I know. And you know what? We're out of time. It's unbelievable. You are so wonderful. First, I want to make sure that everyone knows that we are speaking with this wonderful judge with a, with a big heart, Justice Harvey Brownstone, who is a family court judge in Ontario and uh, North Toronto Family Court. And not only is he a wonderful judge and a caring person, but he is also the author of this great book, Tug of War, A Judge's Verdict on Separation, Custody Battles, and the Bitter Realities of Family Court. And you can go online and see his show, FamilyMattersTV.com. Thank you so much, Your Honor. We sure appreciate all that you're doing, and we really honor you, Your Honor. You're well, terrific. thank you, Mari. And I hope I'll get you on my show when we talk about privacy. All right. Privacy and mediation, right? Absolutely. Okay. We will talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. Join us every Monday morning from 8 o'clock to 8.30 right here on KUCI and go to our website at KUCI.org slash privacy piracy. Thank you. Bye. Stay private. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.